Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. We are into spring here in Ontario and having Easter next week, which I'm really looking forward to, a four-day weekend um, for me and the kids, and I think it'll be a really nice break. I had a couple days off over what we have as our March break, but this should be another little little break from the everyday, and we're kind of just our family getting over being sick, and so I do think this will be much needed and I love with Easter that you get those two short weeks so it's like short week short week um so I'm I'm really looking forward to that and also enjoying some family tradition time you know Easter egg hunts chocolate I have a few little presents for the kids as part of Easter and we'll get together with my mom and have a dinner so I'm very much looking forward to a little bit of family and downtime and then I'm even going to try to get our taxes done which is one of my most hated things but over a four-day weekend would be great to get that done so lots going on um, as we are moving towards the middle of April This week on the podcast, we're going to continue talking about parenting and parenting through different challenges. We're going to bring on Lisa Navarra, who is an award-winning educator, behavior specialist, and an author of books, music, and teacher resources. She provides group and individual services teaching the how-to-learn skills for children who struggle with learning and self-regulating. So if you are parenting a child that is struggling with learning, this will be amazing advice for you and really help you to understand your child who is struggling with learning. Lisa is super qualified. She's a special education teacher and has been for over 20 years, and she has an MA in education. Her education and teaching experiences have both given her the passion that she has to really help children understand how to learn. And it's so critical when she talks about it. It makes a lot of sense that it's not just what we're trying to learn. It's how we learn and what are the tools that we need to learn best. And I know some of us develop that on our own, but in some cases it can be really challenging and um, very helpful to be given those tools. So please enjoy. Enjoy this episode with Lisa Navarra. So welcome, Lisa, to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. This is great. So why don't we just start with hearing a little bit about your background? Sure, absolutely. You know, everybody has a journey. And uh, boy, did I not realize what kind of ride I would be on uh, straight out of college. I was a volunteer teacher who said, well, a wannabe teacher, actually. I said, give me the children with the biggest behavior problems and concerns. And so I walked into uh, a class that was designed for children who were classified emotionally disturbed. And not only did I realize I was not prepared for really helping these kids to be able to make good choices, not be aggressive, um, verbally and physically, but there was nobody around that could help me. 
Nobody. They didn't know what to do. So basically, Sarah, I cried. I cried from um, pretty much September through December. And there it went. I uh, was all of a sudden going to um, find my way. And the way I was going to do that was through a lot of research and every time I learned something, I'd build off of it. So I became basically the, the um, person who would give workshops. And I found that I wanted to do more of it. And throughout my years in the classroom in the school district, I then not only taught these children for behaviors, but then I also taught children for learning um, difficulties as well. And through there... Um, I said, there's more that I could do. And I was approached back in about 2000 by one of the uh, students, physical therapists. And she was uh, a friend of someone who needed help with their child. So I became like a nanny 911. Mm -hmm. And through that, I used to go to people's homes and help them come up with behavior plans. And that kind of morphed itself into coming into my office. I incorporated uh, child behavior consulting, where now I have parents and their children coming to me. Uh, but I also provide professional development and on so much of a deeper level now that I never even knew what was going to happen. And I have to tell you, it really really transformed itself on that deeper level when they district accessed the position of behavior specialist and they put me back into the classroom. I had not been in the classroom for over 10 years and basically everything was different except for those old desks and chairs that rocked. Yeah. <laughs> and I kid you not, curriculum was different, the school was different, everything. But I was being told, now this was back in No Child Left Behind, like 2012. And mm -hmm. I was told that these students are in the second grade and you need to only teach them second grade. And here are the materials for that, whatever the materials were. I wasn't even familiar with the curriculum anymore. Mm -hmm. So I had children who were falling out of their seats, couldn't hold a pencil, had no ability to self-regulate, which means to manage your thoughts, feelings, and actions. And one administrator told another administrator, Lisa can handle it. She was the district behavior specialist who used to write behavior plans. And on top of it, they also gave me the teacher assistant that nobody wanted. Mm. Yeah. So I had a challenge. So basically, this is what I did. I was in the middle. I was actually crying again like I was a new teacher. It yeah. was crazy. So I went to research. I read those peer-reviewed articles on what's called executive functioning, self-regulation, how do we get kids to basically listen and focus, right? Mm -hmm. And I took that research and I let my students teach me. And I then created evidence-based resources. So that way I could teach them how to learn so they can understand what's being taught to them. That sounds amazing. And so it seems like you've seen a lot going on as being a special 
special educator and then a classroom teacher. You mentioned, you know, some kids um, couldn't hold their pencils. There were, you know, kids that couldn't be in their seat. Like, tell us about some of the issues, I guess, that you saw during that time and then other ones that maybe motivated you to, to start to move into this a little bit further. Oh, what a great question. Honestly, and I need everybody to hear this. There was and still is an emphasis on teaching children who struggle learning what to learn. But if they can't focus and they don't believe in themselves, then it will not happen. And they will continually live in this cycle of I can't. And we're going to continue to see the dropout rates and the mental health conditions. So there's a gap where we need to close and it is so possible. I teach perception to kids who are five, six, seven, eight years old in a way that helps them look at a challenge and say, I can do this. Where instead we're saying, you need to learn this, sit down, you can do it. You know, we can tell kids they can do it all they want until they prove it to themselves. The only thing is to prove it to themselves, they need to be taught the strategies. And that's where the gap is, the strategies and how to learn. Mm-hmm. And so what what is the impact that you're seeing now that you're starting to get um, involved with the kids and teaching them more the how to learn? The impact is that they take learning to another level. Sometimes I can't even keep up with them. And so they might be, so in special education, kids typically, uh, depending on what their classification is, they are lower academically than their grade age. So Mm -hmm. if you're in third grade, you might have students working on the kindergarten, first, second grade level. So for instance, I'm teaching second grade math, but I'm teaching the foundations of really what math is, how to use it in different um, operations, along with their learning tools. So each one of my students have learning tools. They have 10 of them. And they have the strategies of positive self-talk, perception, focus, and, and whatever those might be. They decide what it is that they want. Now, what happens is they choose the skill that they feel like they need at that time. And now they're like, Ms. Navarra, I want to learn multiplication. And although if they scored and took a test, they might even score first or second grade. They're understanding third grade material because they're so motivated and things now make sense to them. They they really know how to train their brain and use it. And uh, it, it's, it's really a very rewarding outcome for the students themselves. And then, of course, for me and the parents, because what happens is now when I'm speaking with the parents, I always ask this. And if you go on my teacher paid teacher account, I have a free reflection form for parent teacher conferences. And I have some reflection like questions on there. And one of them is, what do you see at home? Like what, what changes do you see happening at home? Mm. And what we see is that children are becoming more independent and they're becoming more independent. Why? Because they're becoming more confident in themselves. And when kids no longer feel like they can't and we turn their I can't into I can, now they're doing things without even being asked. They're, they're inspired to learn. And so these are lifelong skills that even when I work with um, children and adults in my, um, my private practice, 
the parents will say, I wish I had this, or this mm-hmm. is helping me now. So those are the types of outcomes that we see. And then, of course, we see outcomes where kids are reading and they're understanding more and they're jumping reading levels because mm-hmm. all these cognitive skills are put together and they are just filling in those gaps for for the student. That sounds great. And I know it's such a struggle with self-esteem and everything when you feel like you're behind. So this this sounds like it's just so great for the students and, and the parents too. Let's dig in a little bit more into the tools. So you mentioned positive self-talk. You mentioned a few others. How do the students sort of pick what they, you mentioned they pick what they need. Um, yes. yeah. and, and so how does that work? Sure. So that's that's what's really neat, Sarah, honestly, is that remember I, I use these as a teacher every day, but mm-hmm. I developed these because I needed them. So for instance, the beginning of each school year, or even when a new student just joins my class late in the year, I start off with caring tree and it's really active listening. And it's something that's very easily taught to these to students. So I'll say take out your caring tree tool and it's a visual. So that's one organic way. And then I've got my three books that support the use of the learning tools. So let's say, for instance, we're in the middle of the school year and we see that, you know, there's a lot of test prep going on or even this. I'm not a big tester. I'm I'm more about performance. I want to see how kids are doing every day rather than, oh, you've got a big test. Here it goes because they get stressed out. Mm-hmm. Then their executive functioning is stressed and it's more difficult for them to be able to remember and use the information that's taught. So that's unavoidable though, that we have standardized tests that we have to give. So we have to sometimes teach them to become familiar with the format, but these kids, second, third grade, they're feeling like, Oh my goodness, a test. And right away, they're stressed out. So what I might do is, depending on what their needs are, take out my book for Henry's Thoughts. Henry's Thoughts actually teaches children how to think positively, how to breathe. So they have what's called a calm mind for a calm body. So it's very organic. Or if you have a a student who is really in need of some support to focus, I'll say take out your focus tool. And it just makes sense. Like you ever learn something like, oh, that was so easy. If only I realized it. It's just Mm -hmm. like that for them. So they basically are paired with the verbal prompt. And I explicitly teach some of these um, cognitive skills and organically support and teach them as well. So that way they, they just know when my kids read. Okay. Today I had a reading group. Typically I like them to have out their reading cue card and vowel chart. And there's specific ways to use these strategies because I know if I'm working in a small group, I can help them with their focus. I can help them with positive thinking and whatnot. But there was one student who didn't take out either one of them. She took out her focus tool, true, short, true story, her focus tool and her perception tool. And I said, oh, you don't have your vowel chart out today. Are you reading a cute card? She goes, yeah, I feel like I need a better perception. And mm-hmm. she knows what it means. Like she knows that maybe she was tired or maybe she thought the book was going to be too hard. Mm-hmm. 
but she had the tool flipped on the side that shows what the kids named pretty lady. She never gives up and she uses her tools where the other side is the opposite. And it was up to her to use what she needed as a visual to see. So again, it's really what they identify with and what they find supports them. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Cause you're right. Like kids are so smart. They know, they know themselves better than, than we know them for sure. Um, and so I'm just thinking a little bit more about these and, and then how does it work in terms of outside of the classroom setting? So say you're a parent and you're interested in these tools. Is it something that the parent teachers or do to the child or do you do like a one-on-one with some children as well? That is a, that's a great, great question. I actually have a new client. He's a little guy. He's four. And today we're working on a caring tree with the mom. So she can reinforce what this is and Mm -hmm. how to use the prompts. Um, And not only that, I also provide parent workshops and those parent workshops explicitly teach the concepts and how to use these tools. And I also have training programs where anyone, whether they, they be parents or educators, they can always email me to see what the next um, program is and so they can register. So, yeah, listen, it's all about helping that child. And that child is with themselves no matter where they are. So they need these life skills at home, in the store, in the cafeteria, in music class, in the classroom. So I'm dedicated to educating all children who struggle and all adults who work or love and parent their kids. Okay, that makes sense. So the parents can can be very involved then. Like if it's something they're noticing, then they can help to teach it to their child. Um, and that seems like a really, especially for some of the students that might be anxious, it seems like it could be a really good fit there. Absolutely. And we have tools and supports for that as well. And so when the parents are trained, then the children are supported. I actually have parent and child workshops too. Mm. And so that way they can work together. It's so important to really show parents, first of all, that there's information and resources that are easily understood, that are practical, and that could be used. And it's not just another thing. There's a slight learning curve, but because it makes sense, It's very easy. And it's like, oh my gosh, I got this. And even their child will teach them and use the same skills on them. So that's the beauty of it. And we need parents. We need parents to really um, just know that they're not alone and that their child's not alone either. Because when they go to the doctor and they say, I have a strong spirited child or my child, okay, has been diagnosed with ADHD. Well, it's either in their mind, either medication or nothing. What consequences? I'll take away the TV or iPad. There's so much more. There needs to be understanding of what your child is going through. So that way you can deepen your communication and as the parent and you can deepen your support so your child can then help themselves when you're not around. 
Absolutely. And I like when you said, you know, there's a bit of a learning, but it's a little bit easier and it makes sense because I know for myself, there's been times that I go and I get these huge books and I think like, okay, this is, we're going to try all of this. And and then you're just, you're so overwhelmed as a parent. Like if it's not something that you're really trained in doing and, you know, I have a master's degree, but I'm not a teacher, right? Like, right. <laughs> so right. it's like kind of at the end of the day, you're like, I don't know what else to try. <laughs> So you know this what? sounds good. You're right, Sarah. And that's what I want to avoid for everybody, whether it be educators or teachers and both, really. Because so many people are frustrated because they want to help kids and they don't know how. They feel like they've tried everything. Think of it this way. Like I, I had to go out and do my own research. This is not being taught in colleges mm-hmm. even now. So if I can... If I can go, yes, it took years and dedication, but if I can go and educate myself and then use it in a practical way, because remember, I was really, I was back to crying like a new teacher and I was not a new teacher. I was the behavior specialist and I needed to know what to do in the classroom now. And I didn't need another thing to do. It's what saved me. And it also, it also ties into good management too. So that's, that's just it. Even if you're a teacher, you don't know about this for the most part, unless you have a very unique background. Um, so that's, that's the beauty, the answer, the answers and resources are out there. That makes sense. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about the specific books that you have and, and how people can kind of get involved? Absolutely. So they are available on Amazon. But here's the thing. I wrote them as resources. I didn't write them to make money. I made it. I I needed them. So if you feel like you need help to help your child to focus, make good choices, to believe in themselves, if they're constantly getting in trouble, if you're constantly yelling, right? I wrote them in a way that's going to educate you, but it's a picture book. And in there, the teacher uh, in, in, in each book really was my teacher assistant. And I had the illustrator draw my students at the time. And the actual illustrations are the lessons that I did, but in cartoon. So they were used, filled with these strategies. And they also have resources in the back where you can duplicate, make copies of, just write right in it. Um, so that way I, I want to help kids who struggle and I want to empower the adults with the knowledge, the information and the resources to be able to do it. So these books provide that in a very easy, easy way. I mean, my four-year-old today, then my new client was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I got a bat in my seat like Henry too. You know, Mm -hmm. I have my third graders. They're like, I want to hug Henry. Come on. Henry's going to learn with us. Or I have my fifth grader who's like, wow, you know what? Henry's like me. Can I have the launch tool? And I met him at dismissal and he's finding that these tools are now helping him in the classroom. So again, it's a platform for adults to teach and children to learn. No, that sounds great. And it is such a tough thing. I mean, I've even experienced so many times where you're like, you're not sure if, 
the child does need more and and where do you turn is it that they need a tutor is it that they need um you know some specific on a specific subject or is it kind of everything or or like you mentioned is it a medical thing and sometimes it's really hard to know so this sounds like somewhere that you could maybe start in terms of working on the how to learn piece and you know what, Sarah, and I, I love that reflection and I hope the listeners realize that there could be a lot less referrals with these strategies put into place. Kids have needs that are not being met. When you meet these needs, everything else comes together. And so a lot of kids will not struggle in school as much. And if they don't struggle in school as much, they'll have less need for either acting out or looking intrinsically or giving up or even needing counseling and their mental health conditions are are happier because they're happier so you're absolutely right no that's great um so i guess before we start to wrap up are there any other tools or advice that maybe you want to mention for listeners who you know do have a neurodiverse learner or are thinking that that these tools might be useful for them I do. Yes. Contact me. Go on to uh, my Facebook page or even my own, my, my podcast too, right? So all social media is child behavior consulting, including the website. Or you can even listen to the, um, the podcast, Students Success Beyond Expectations. But really, honestly, give me a call because if you call me, I can lead you into an area where you might feel a little more empowered and less reactive and more proactive, which I think is really important. Also, teacher pay teachers. I have I have a number of free resources listed on there. But um, basically, you want to you want to educate yourself. You want to know what's out there, and you want to help support your child and yourself or your students uh, and yourself. And um, so, if you like that and you, and you feel like this is something that could be helpful for you, then reach out to me. You could reach me at lisa at childbehaviorconsulting.com or you can give me a call. And my number is 631-617-1958 because it's really time that we turn kids I can't into I can with strategies that make sense and that are easy and practical based in research. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you're right. It does when they start to feel like they can do it. I know we went through challenges with my son um, around learning. He has uh, a neuroimmune disorder. And so, you know, naturally along with that came ADHD and some anxiety in the classroom and things like that. And so he really went through, I would say, at least one year, maybe more, that he didn't really learn anything at school. Yeah. And so then we were in that position of, okay, how do we, how do we make this all up? And, right. you know, he was being tutored a lot, but then it also had to come with um, a lot of other supports and and things to help him along the way. So I think uh, could be really helpful um, for sure. So I, yeah, I definitely appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And you know what? I appreciate kids and I appreciate parents because the work that goes in day in and day out to manage everyday life plus trying to meet the needs of your own children, as well as with educators, all the demands in the aftermath of COVID. Mm -hmm. I have such respect for individuals who work so hard 
including children who go in every day and just put their best foot forward and try. So now it's time that we help them to really put those pieces together. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. And COVID has added a whole other layer yeah. to, to just about everything. So it has. Um, yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense for sure. So it sounds like, yeah, listeners can find you through the podcast, um, Student Success Beyond Expectations, through the Child Behavior Consulting um, information on the web. You mentioned your phone number as well as your email. So it's, yeah, it sounds great. And I'm sure you're on Instagram and everything. It's all on. Yes, yes. it's all there. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Well, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people that are really interested in that in, in this, including myself. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Sarah, thank you so much for taking an interest in this subject, because um, the more we get this out to to individuals, the more we can help those kids who are suffering by themselves. So thank you for your time and your insight. Are you interested in having a published author speak in your classroom or at your community event? I'd be interested in speaking about my new novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, the writing process, mental health, pandas, pans, podcasting, and more. Contact me at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com for both in-person and online bookings. Thank you so much to Lisa Navarra for being on the podcast this week. I think that was a great conversation. I really enjoyed all of her tips. And as a parent who's got um, two children learning right now in school, it's so helpful to hear about all of these different techniques. I think that her books and her various tools, her workshops, um, all sound amazing and, and so helpful. And I think it can really just change the way that you think about um, what could support your child. And that's so useful. If you do want to hear more from Lisa, she mentioned a number of ways to contact her through her email, lisa at childconsulting.com, through her um, company, Child Behavior Consultant, as well as her podcast, Student Success Beyond Expectations. Don't hesitate to reach out to her if it's about coaching or any other um, learning opportunity through Lisa. It sounds like it would be very supportive and, of course, done in a way that's um, specific to your learner. And I hope this has been helpful. I hope that everybody has a great long weekend or Easter weekend if it, if you do celebrate Easter. Otherwise, just enjoy some of those statutory holidays and taking a little break and maybe a little bit of chocolate if you like. I have some dairy-free chocolate that I will be sharing in the family and uh, we're definitely going to have some good eats, some good gluten and dairy-free eats over that Easter weekend. So have a great one and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. 
If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit Kofi, K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.